Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. It's a podcast show that uses travel to highlight stories of personal growth. So each week we'll spotlight the stories of courageous world travelers, creative wanderers, and digital nomads who share their incredible experiences of the world through their eyes. If you like traveling, this is what you need. So tune in Wednesday, every single week. For inspiration, how you can live free. Nubia and Francis Chronicles Abroad. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. I'm Francis. And I'm Nubia. And we are so excited. <laughs> yes, we're so <laughs> excited. Oh, the third person you hear giggling is Michaela. <laughs> Michaela is somebody that I met while living in Japan. Oh, uh, we were in the same Facebook group, and she had reached out to me about living in Nagoya. And we connected that way. And when she came through, when she actually moved, we became really good friends. Yeah, that is how it happened. Hi, Michaela. Hello. <laughs> I forgot the story about how we met Francis. It's so romantic. You, you just it. don't care. You don't care. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> thank you, Michaela, for being on the show. We really appreciate it. And we're super excited to get to your story and everything in between. Yeah, me too. So, Michaela, so- what country are you in right now? I am in France right now. I was about to say I'm in Paris, but that's the city. I've been around Europe most of the summer. I started in London, and I went down to Spain and Italy and Paris. I came here. Um, I went back down to Madrid, and then I'm back in Paris now. I will unfortunately be going back to L.A. next week. Well, damn. So what exactly are we doing wrong that we're, we're in Thailand? I won't say stuck. Is she gallivant in Europe? Yeah, man. You're spreading your, your seeds all over the place. What's going on? Well, you know, I've been kind of going with the flow. I was originally coming to Europe to do a study program, and those plans fell through partially on the school, partially on me. But I decided to make the best of it and just stick around in Europe. And I've been literally just going with the flow. I didn't anticipate coming to France. Didn't really know if I was going to go to Italy. I had like a different itinerary in mind. And I've just been taking it week by week and seeing like who is where and where I can go, where the cheap flights and kind of bouncing around from there. So, but I'm working remotely now. So that has changed a lot. Like I probably wouldn't be able to do this under a teaching contract, but I started working remotely in April yeah I think it was April so just totally taking advantage of that (laughs) and the fact that I can work anywhere with a wi-fi connection is good that's awesome let us just back up a little bit I had like I said met you in Japan and prior to that you were living in China and Mexico so you've lived a few different areas so can you just tell us how you got started into your travel journey Yeah, I first went abroad in 2015. The first place I went was Trinidad and Tobago. And that's not saying like Mexico, Canada. But when I went overseas, I went to Trinidad and Tobago and I just loved it. I was so sad. I didn't want to leave. But that was like my first time doing like a big solo trip overseas. And at the time I was teaching with the school in Santa Monica. I had been working there for several years, for a couple years. So after I got sick and I had my surgery and all that good stuff, I decided to leave. And I went to Mexico. I took a teaching contract in Mexico for a year in a city called Puebla. And I loved it there. I came back.
back to the States briefly before taking another teaching contract in China. And that was a recommendation of a friend that I had met in Mexico who had been teaching in Asia for a couple years. And I stayed in China for a little bit, but it wasn't a good fit for me. So I started looking elsewhere and that led me to teach in Japan. And then I realized very quickly in Japan that it wasn't so much that I didn't enjoy teaching. It was just more that I enjoyed the traveling part of it. So I started to look for a position and a job that would allow me to kind of travel around, but not be bound by a teaching contractor and kind of be stuck in one situation for too long because <laughs> I'm indecisive. That makes sense. You pretty much manifested a lot of things <laughs> in your life. Would you say that? Yeah, it's taken some work, I think. And I'm learning that like you really can't go wrong with manifesting. Like whatever you want's gonna come to fruition either way. You're either gonna take like a straight, easy path towards it, or you're gonna make it more difficult for yourself in a sense. But the more I notice it and see evidence of it in my life definitely made it easier to kind of pinpoint and recognize what I want versus what I don't want and really hold in and go after it. I think when I first started teaching overseas, it was for different reasons, obviously, but then also I was less focused about it and you can even say desperate. I just wanted to be out of the States and kind of away from my situation as we're now I'm approaching a point where I'm like, okay, well, what exactly do you want out of your lifestyle abroad and this job and the people you meet and what's that going to look like and how can you make that manifest in a way that serves you long term? Okay. So what was going on with you in the yeah. States that made you feel like, oh my God, I have to get out of here? It was a combination of two things. Like, I really liked Trinidad and Tobago. Like, if you've ever been, it's an absolutely gorgeous country. Like, the island is just so welcoming. I think that energy and the men and the food was just like, yeah, this is for me. <laughs> so I wanted to get back overseas. But when I came back from Trinidad and Tobago, I went to Costa Rica and I went to Mexico and I spent some time there and I, I still enjoyed traveling. But I was in the midst of getting diagnosed with cancer. I found out like a couple months after getting back from like these trips it, the whole process took like a year but that really triggered me to feel like okay life is really short things can change very quickly and do you want to spend your time not that I hated my job but it's just like do you want to spend your time like settling and getting into this routine in LA and sort of being overstressed with commute and cost of living and all the things that come with being in America especially in a big city or do you kind of want to take control of your life and go do everything that you really want to do, which was travel and explore and learn languages and see more while you still have it. It just, it kind of put life in perspective for me and it kind of sent me into overdrive, I think. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine when you're faced with something like that and how you can begin to understand and realize what really matters for you in, at that moment. And it's not all the other things, you know? Definitely. Like, I, the big thing I've noticed is I think when I was younger, I had like this idea of chasing a big corporate job and having this high salary and I don't know, like, just like, projecting this image of what I thought success should be and I've realized that like health truly is wealth <laughs> and like your happiness is probably the most priceless thing and the most important thing that you have so as long as I can eat every day and do the things that I want to do and still have these fulfilling experiences like the money doesn't matter the location isn't as much important the title is not as so much important it's really just about is my life granting me the happiness and, and do I have happiness within yeah and I mean What's crazy about that is that it was you and everyone else, right? It's like the condition that we believe, you know, the more money you make or mm -hmm. how many degrees you have or, you know, all of these things meant something when in actuality they don't in the long run if your health isn't there. I hear people exactly. say things like, oh, my job is driving me crazy, this and the other. And there's no way in hell I'm going to let a job that 
believes I'm expendable can call me in the office at any point in time to right. tell me that my job is no longer <laughs> to me, that I'm going to give them that much control. You understand what I'm saying? To come home stressed or to leave, you know, a wreck because you got deadlines and this and the other. It's, it's not a good way of life. I completely agree. So for you to be in a situation where your quality life is already diminished because of a disorder or something, you know, or illness, things really get into perspective. You're like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. None of this shit matters. I do. Simply put, yeah, that's very true. (laughs) Very true. The stress, I mean, the job I had in LA at the time, it was a great teaching position, but it was, it had a lot of prestige. The students I was working with were like celebrity children and politician children. And it had so much pressure. I mean, we were constantly going to conferences and having to present and just put up this image and it was fine. You know, the salary was great and it taught me a lot. But it stressed me out. And on top of it, I was trying to finish my bachelor's degree. And so I think, and just maintain like like a normal social life and balance and all that, you know, being young. Because I got diagnosed at 24. Like, so it was just, it was a lot. If I'm stressed out now, I try to tune into it and figure out why and like how to get around it. Because I think all the pressure and stress was really what sent everything downhill very quickly. Yeah, I bet. Um, let me ask you a question. Before you got diagnosed, were you doing lots of traveling or did that happen after your diagnoses and recovery that you were like, bump this, I need to go see more? I've always been a traveler. I think it was just more local. Like when, you know, I remember taking road trips with my family when I was younger, riding on planes, you know, by myself between Pittsburgh and Indiana or Indiana and Florida, Florida, California. Like I've always been moving around, I think. And I had spent some time in Mexico and Canada prior to going to Trinidad. I went to Trinidad before I got sick. So I guess like to answer your question, I was just kind of gaining momentum on traveling because it was like my first trip overseas. And then after Trinidad, I went to Costa Rica. And when I got back from Costa Rica, that's when I really realized, okay, sick, I got a diagnosis. I was in that process of bouncing around between doctors and they didn't know what was wrong and going to different specialists and all that. So once I got my diagnosis and after I had my surgery to remove the tumor and treatment was over, that's when I started really going ham on the travel. Like I went from maybe doing like one or two countries a year to like really trying to see as much places as possible after that, which can be tiring, but you know, it's a different conversation. (laughs) Yeah, because it's moments like that when you realize, well, life is really short. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things and you just the transitions and people and then you start seeing people in different perspectives because you see people are just so unhappy or they want more. And then you're like, oh, man, you know, I got to take this opportunity for myself, regardless of what anyone else thinks. But you know, crazy thing about that is people start feeling guilty. Yeah. I don't even know what that's all about. Like, if you're the (laughs) one that's ill or going through something, you feel guilty that you're not allowing yourself to take time out of the time that you really got to give somebody else. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. I mean, at the time I was in like a really long term relationship. I mean, working with children, you give, give, give so much. As a teacher, we all do. And I remember feeling guilty having to go to the doctor or like, because I felt so weak, you know, gradually getting weaker. And just some days I just wouldn't even have the energy to sing a song with the children and just feeling like so bad. But then like in retrospect, like reflecting on everything, I'm just like, girl, Why were you even working? Like, you know, I worked up to a certain point where I just, I physically couldn't work anymore. But just again, like that pressure to keep bills paid and maintain an image and 
a pride issue, I think, also. Like, I can't, like, I'm not weak. I'm young. Like, this is not happening. You know, all of that like, came into play. So I understand. I mean, there's a like, guilt between taking care of yourself nowadays, especially in the States. Like, one of the reasons I like Europe so much is because they have this very relaxed view on taking vacations and spending time with your family. And just that downtime is really appreciated here. But in the States, it's all about work. And you almost work yourself to death. And the more work you do, the better the payoff. Yeah. And, like, everyone is ignoring mental health and ignoring their physical health and you know you might look good on the outside but on the inside you're a wreck that kind of thing so completely agree i understand what you're saying you know we're more than just travel we provide tips resources and hacks for the curious traveler in you so whether you're a lover of travel or just someone who is ready for a change we have something for everyone Yeah, it's crazy, right? Because when you think about how in Europe or certain countries in Europe, quality of life is more important to an employer than anything else. You come first, family comes first, and then you work. Because we know that if you're happy, you're going to be more productive. Makes sense. U.S. is like 40 hours. I'm sorry, you might have to work a mandatory 16 extra hours because we need the work done. So what, you got kids? So what, you got a life? So what, you got a man? (laughs) You know what I mean? You need to make sure that you're available when we need and want you to work for us to make us money. That doesn't make sense. You know the crazy thing? To make their vision come into fruition. Exactly. And the crazy thing about it is, unless you step away from that, you have no idea what it is like on the other side. No idea. So you just keep going and going until you, you know, you're 65. Girl, 67. You know, hopefully when you retire and you're like, (laughs) wow. Hopefully. If God's willing, you retire and you're like spending your retirement either sick or whatever instead of enjoying the life that you've had. And it's such a shame, like, because everyone around you has had that same script played for them, you really don't notice it, like you're saying, and you think it's normal. (laughs) You can go on vacation and everything, and that's normal, you know, but only your two weeks as allotted. But, you know, you don't really see it, like you're saying, until almost it's too late. And I just have always thought it was backwards to work so hard and then play later. It's like, why can't we have a balance now? I don't understand. Yeah. So what do you think has been the biggest contributor to you persevering and you getting through a lot of the challenges that you've had these past few years? Hmm. It has not been easy. I still have bad days. I think I've always been pretty motivated and hardworking towards what I want when it comes off very selfish in a way. I think me getting sick definitely put everything in perspective and made me feel like time is limited. I have a part of me that's trying to prove a certain point to family or people who have let me down in the past. I think that's also a motivating factor. <laughs> but it's really all been just staying positive, as cliche as it sounds. Like just knowing that things can be temporary. And I think part of me getting sick and being able to beat the illness in a lot of ways was good for me because it showed me, like, okay, you can overcome something very hard. That was probably the lowest of lows for me. I've been low before, but that was like rock bottom. So to be able to bounce back and be where I am today is definitely motivating. So when I approach problems now, I'm very less stressed about it, a little bit more laid back about it. Like I said, I still have days, but overall, I'm just like, girl, like put it in perspective and keep it pushing, you know, (laughs) towards what you really want to happen. Yeah, I can dig it. 
I think that helps too. I do have a good support system overall. That definitely changed when I was sick also, like just seeing how differently people treated me and who left and who stick around and who came out from my surgery and all, you know, all that kind of stuff. But overall, I have good people around me. A lot of them are people I've attracted recently, which is nice. And so that always helps too, just being able to talk to someone who's like, it's going to be okay and can really help you to elevate your mood and get back into a place of alignment where you can look at everything from a good perspective helps also. Yeah. So let me ask you a question and you may or may not be able to answer this because it's kind of a what if in a way. Okay. Do you feel like your quality of life has improved because of the fact that you are traveling and allowing yourself to almost like live a life of freedom in a way? And I'm saying right now to everybody, like full disclosure, living abroad isn't always easy. No. Yeah, I agree with that. That would be foolish to think that. I think a lot of people think that because that's all we show on our social media. Right. No one's really showing their failures, right? I've seen that meme go around. like. Correct. (laughs) So it looks like we live this life without no worries at all. And I think the biggest worry living abroad sometimes is money. Yeah. So sometimes we work a little bit more than we want to, but it's not the same stressful kind of work that you have in the States. No. It's very much like after this interview, I'm going to go do a 25 minute class. (laughs) (laughs) And then I have the rest of my evening. (laughs) I've got to check in for work too. Yeah, I know what you mean. I got to meet you later tonight. So it's not as stressful, but do you believe that your quality of life is more improved and better because of the fact that you take the time out to travel? Had you stayed in the States, do you think that it could have potentially diminished because of the climate? the volatile climate in the States and how that takes a mental, which then affects your physical. 100%. Yeah. I know this is a fact because when I get back to the States, even to visit, I can't stay too long without feeling like, like I'm in my head again. Just something about doing what makes you happy. And I don't know, I think the newness of a lot of these experiences contributes contributes to it as well but my quality of life has improved in many ways more than one for sure but a lot of it is just coming from just allowing myself to be happy and not apologizing for doing the things that makes me happy or feeling guilty like we were talking about before I think it makes a huge difference I think if I was in the states just kind of working you know a teaching position LAUSD or private school or whatever and trying to figure out how to pay rent and just all the drama that comes with being there I wouldn't be as happy maybe I would smile and still put on the same projection but it wouldn't be genuine. Like now I'm genuinely happy and I carry that energy with me and I try to attract other people who are also happy and on that same wavelength. Quality of life is like 10 times better. This job working remotely definitely helps. I hit a spot in Japan where I was really stressed out. I mean, their work culture is also very crazy. Yeah. supposed to say that, you know, every country is different. You have your ups and downs abroad, but I still would take the overworking in Japan <laughs> than being overworked in LA any day. At least my apartment was paid for and the food was good and I was still engaged in a lot of new experiences and just felt good. And my disclaimer is to say like you can always find happiness wherever you are. Um, it shouldn't be so dependent on your external circumstances, but I think it helps. <laughs> when there's a- yeah, no, it does help. I think it helps. Yeah, we talked about this in one of our episodes where we had said, even if you don't need to move abroad, right? But if you have been in the same place and you're like, man, you know, I always want to move to, I don't know, Florida, or I always want to move to California. And 10 years later, you're still saying, oh, I always want to move. Even right. if it's in within the States, sometimes going from East to West is a way of improving the quality of life. I know for me, I couldn't live in Boston anymore. It was dark. It was cold. Six months out of the year, it was depressing. You know, I right. needed more sunshine. I needed more just warmth. And I found that abroad. 
and that helped improve my quality of life. And I think you used a key word there, which was allowing. Yes. And I think a lot of yes. people of have allowing. really a lot. Yeah. <laughs> makes a huge difference, I think, when you can just not really go against what's happening in your life. And this is wherever you are. If you can just realize and keep an energy of positivity that everything's really happening to fulfill whatever you want, it makes like a huge difference because then you approach experiences yeah, differently. Because if you don't allow yourself to have those experiences, then it's you're just never going to be able to get out of the situation that you're wanting to get out of. Right. So I think allowing is a huge thing that we all struggle with. And what you're talking about is that resistance. Like I know somebody who's been talking about wanting to move abroad and struggling because she's a single mom. And I totally get it. Single mom mm. myself. But I also have a coworker who's a single mom and she has a two-year-old. And she's living in China and she, now she's living in Thailand. So it's not impossible exactly. if that's something that you want to do. You just have to remove the emotion out of it and just logically plan it out. That's all. Yeah, part of it's logic, and I think part of it's also just trusting, because yeah. sometimes things don't logically work out, but they work out. Yeah. Like, it didn't come together the way you anticipated it, or, you you know, you can plan it all day, and it still won't go the way that you planned mm -hmm. it, but it still worked out. Yeah. I think that also goes hand-in-hand -hand with allowing things, like, sometimes it seems like it's going in a different direction, but really, it's just taking a detour to get you where you want to be quicker. Gotcha. Yeah. Makes total sense. So, segueing into, like, how are you enjoying, because you've went to Italy for the first time and did you go to, is this Paris your first time? Paris my first time a couple weeks ago so yeah this summer was the first time in France it's been nice I got to see a little bit of the south of France I just I love it yeah it's like a new favorite like this city is awesome and very diverse which I didn't expect I guess like when I was told people like oh yeah I'm gonna go to Paris and mind you the way I got here was only because I was trying to get out of Sicily in Italy I had been there for 10 days and I needed a cheap flight to a major city. So I looked at going to Rome and I looked at going to Berlin and Paris and Paris just happened to be the cheapest flight. I got a flight from Sicily to Paris for $29. Are you like, serious? Right. I'm not joking. So I was like, okay, Holy I'm going smokes. to Paris. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, like nonstop two hours straight to Paris. So I got here and I just kind of hung out for a second. I didn't think I was going to like it. I was just like, oh, this is just like a pit stop on the way to a, a better city or like eventually getting back home. And I loved it. Like I yeah. loved everything about it. And so I think that's also making me happy because it was so unexpected. And I'm just appreciating how unexpected this whole trip has been. And I was just like, yeah, I want to end my trip of Europe in Paris because it's just been amazing. Again, there's so much diversity, so much good food. There's so many black people here. I just... I love it. The culture is rich and everyone's very friendly. And I was always told that people in France were unfriendly. Like everyone's been so helpful and just really? like, I love it. Like I could stay here all day. <laughs> See, this take goes Which back to even no matter what people say about a country, you need right. to just go there yourself and experience you it for yourself. You gotta go there for yourself. Yes, I think. And I wasn't even really excited about coming here because I had listened to so many people tell me, oh, yeah, I like it. They're so rude. It's a big city. You're better off somewhere else. And I could live here. Like, wow. <laughs> I love it. So it's just, it's good. And I think that also, again, goes back to just allowing because I was just, I allowed this. If I think if I would have like bottled up or resisted a lot of the opportunities I've had here in Paris, it might not have been such a good trip. But I really just was, kept an open mind. And yeah. Yeah, you know, this is a common theme when we talk to a lot of our guests and they're like, you know, I used to be someone who, you know, needed to control a lot of everything and always need to know what was the game plan. But travel has allowed me to be comfortable with uncertainty. 
Oh, yes. It's such a good lesson in uncertainty. I think you guys agree, too. Mm-hmm. So what's next for Michaela? I know that we've been talking offline of sort of <laughs> where are you going to go next? Where are you, what's your country that you're going to kind of stay a little bit longer than a couple of weeks here and there? So tell us what's next for Michaela. Girl, that's the big question mark right now. I do not know. I, I'm leaving for Los Angeles. I am, like I said, unfortunately, because I don't want to go back to LA, but I'm also keeping in mind that like I get to see my family. I get to spend time with my friends. I get to go to my favorite restaurants, do like everything I like to do in LA. And that I know in my heart that it's not the end game. I'm not going to be stuck in LA. Like I never mm-hmm. let that happen. You know what I mean? It's just a transitional mm-hmm. time for me. And it's going to be good for me because just the ability of it being familiar and normal is going to allow me to really hone in on where I want to go next. I've reached this point in my life, which I knew this was going to happen because I've been bouncing around for the last two, three years, but it's I'm at this point where yeah. I just want to be stable yeah. for a little bit. I want to sit down for a second and just have an apartment for at least a year and just get to know an area and really immerse myself in a language. And I'm not saying it has to be a new language. We can, you know, I can go to a Spanish speaking country. I thought about going to Mexico we thought about Colombia. We thought about Puerto Rico. Be closer to some family. Like I brainstormed a lot of different options. I just haven't honed in on what's going to mm-hmm. be the right one yet. But I am confident that it's going to be revealed to me soon. I've really just given myself this summer mm-hmm. to just enjoy. I've been given. A lot of people have been asking me this question all summer. What are you doing next? Or why are you in Paris? Or like, what are you doing in Madrid? And why are you moving around so much? And I'm just like, dude, let me live right now. Because <laughs> I'm, right. I'm, I'm enjoying. This is everything. part of the journey. Right. This is part of it. Like if you guys want me to figure it out, like I need to just allow myself to be and I'm just not worried about everything and I think this was good to show me how to really work and travel at the same time because now it's shown me how to kind of move around with this job and when I work the best and so I think going forward I'll be better off and be a little bit consistent with myself I think and able to really make a good decision and stick with it this time I am a little indecisive and I do get bored quickly so it's just I just want to make sure I make the right move wait are you a Libra <laughs> I'm an Aries, so you know we're impulsive, it's like me. right? <laughs> that yeah, impulsive and decisiveness, right? You make a decision, you're like, oh, yeah. my gosh, I shouldn't have did that, you know, yeah. No. <laughs> Why is remorse? That's the story of my life. Yeah. But, anyway. <laughs> but it's good. I mean, like, so I definitely want to settle. So I think when I hear the word settle, I'm like, oh, you're going to be there for the rest of your life. And yeah. Really gray <laughs> Scary and word. That's, that's not the case. Like, I can just hang out for a year and, and have some consistency and really grow within that experience and then move on to the next one when the time's right. So, Okay. But I like how you use the word settle because at the end of the day, no matter what decision that you make, and I get this quote from Jim Rohn and he always says, you're not a tree. So if you don't like something, change your mind. It's not a big deal. Right. You know, do whatever feels right for you and what you're most comfortable with. Definitely. I agree with that a hundred percent. It's a- uh, it's a good way to live by. I mean, that's probably the problem now. Is like, because I'm all like, I can leave anytime I want. Like, I just go. Exactly. <laughs> but I think there's a balance. So, living in Europe, what are, I guess, some contrasting points that you've seen from, because you've lived in South America and you speak uh, Spanish fluently, you lived Same. in Asia and you've lived in Europe? Can you tell us a little bit about what some of those contrasting points are in those particular continents? Well, when I went to Mexico and spent time like in that region, it was definitely very healing. Everyone's very hospitable, very family-oriented, even with strangers. The climate's a little bit different. You know, you don't really have so much of the four seasons, I think. It's very hot <laughs> just all around, and that's <laughs> nice. Like, you have sunshine, the food. It just feels familiar. It's very ethnic, I think. 
way to put it. I enjoy being in Mexico and just being around a familiar language. And I think that's a contrast with Asia where, you you know, you really have to put in the effort. You're not blessed to know Mandarin or Japanese or Korean. You have to really, like, put in the effort to learn the language and kind of assimilate to the culture because you are so many miles away from home. And it is a completely different world. For me, China was a completely different world. So right. it took a lot of adjusting. But, I mean, that's good for growth. And um, there's definitely highlights in it. Like, food was also amazing there. It's just a different type of food. I think it's a little bit more challenging. Europe seems for me it'd be a good balance. And I've always felt this way about Europe. I've had a thing with Spain because the language is a little bit easier to get around. And I'm now exploring France and Italy, even London. It's a good balance, I think. You still feel like you're overseas and the culture is a little bit different, but it's still very Western. And, you know, the music is the same. and You can get around with English a lot better. I've enjoyed things about every place I've lived in, for sure. And there's been downsides. I like some more than others. But the biggest thing is just being able to meet new people, try new things, learn new languages. It's been fun. Well, it sounds amazing. It's been good. I like Thailand, too. You guys have good food down there. Not oh, really girl. stuck. It's like paradise down it there. It is paradise. It's, I mean, although it's been the rainy season, but, I mean, it's, it was nice. The sun came out today, and it's just been gorgeous. So um, I can't complain. So, Michaela, what advice do you have for folks who either have been struggling with the illness and, you know, want to do certain things, but maybe their illness holds them back in some way, shape, or form. What advice do you have for those folks? So it's time to dive deep and look into the holistic perspective of travel. We believe traveling is an investment in you. So our mission is to inspire you to book that flight, check that item off your bucket list, and go on that adventure And our hope is to ignite connections all over the world. Wow. (laughs) You, I mean, you really have to keep your mindset in a positive place and focus on healing. That's number one. And really don't be afraid to do whatever it is that you need to do to heal. And I'm saying this because my sister also battled cancer this year and she lost her battle. We got diagnosed around the same time. I think part of the reason why she was not able to heal, among other things, one of them I think was that she stayed in an environment that stressed her out where she didn't have access to proper health care and she focused a lot on the things that were not in her life and not the goodness in her life. I think she would have left and went where she wanted to be and did that sooner and surrounded herself with a little bit more positivity, she could have healed and maybe beat it. I can't predict the future. I know how easy it is when you're ill to really get bogged down by the medical reports and what doctors are saying and how people are looking at you and what society is telling you you should do and where you should be. And it's just just like that's more important than any other time to really take care of yourself and do what's going to make you happy because stress will kill you and happiness really can heal you. So if you want to go overseas or you want to go have treatment in Korea or you want to go take that trip right now, two weeks after your treatment, then do it. I mean, I had my surgery and then I left like a week later. And the doctors were like, you're crazy. You still need to be in the hospital. We need you to do check-ins and everything. And I'm like, yeah, I'll be fine. Bye. <laughs> and I had a taco and I was good. So was, I think it just really listening to yourself a lot of the time helps. And if there's something in you, a desire in you, then now more than ever, go after it. That's really for anyone, too. Yeah, I love that because at the end of the day, you really have to trust your intuition. And you have to oh, yeah. go with what feels right for you. And sometimes you have to silence all of the external noise so that you can really find that out. And I don't think we do that enough. And that's why sometimes some things just get really muddled for us. Oh, yeah. Especially in this time with so much social media and uh, so many voices in our head and all the time. Yeah. 
really just get to learn this silence thing out. I know you like to meditate and that's been helpful for me as well. Like you just really take time to listen to yourself, block out all the other, all the other crap, all the other bullshit. <laughs> for sure. When me and uh, Michaela were in Japan, what did we do a lot of Michaela? We would eat. I missed you so much. We used to go eat so much food. And I, I just miss having a beer. I'm so excited because I'm like, I missed you so much. And I miss like having a beer and just like, I'm such a foodie. And like, I go and like try restaurants here. And I'm just like, oh, where's my man. Francis? And like, people don't get it. <laughs> They just, they accept mediocre food. I'm like, did you look at how many stars are on the map? Like, you're all tripping. So yeah, me and Michaela, we ate a lot in Japan. Oh my gosh, it was so good. It was such a good time, though. I felt very carefree within yeah, that. Yeah, so did so, I. Like, always being very restricted on my diet and everything. Like, uh, I think it's all about balance sure. again, but I just also had that same freedom within itself. It's just like enjoying food, and I think it was good to have you around at that time. You're just like, girl, like, <laughs> it was good timing. I'm, I'm a good bad influence. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was just rolling so with nice. the punches anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> Michaela, thank you so much for sharing your story. It's such an incredible and inspirational story, and we definitely appreciated hearing it, appreciate your vulnerability and sharing it. For sure. So thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's always like good to talk with you guys. Thank you for tuning in to Chronicles Abroad. Please support us by sharing this podcast through your social media platforms. Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram and hit that like button at chronicles underscore abroad. Find us online at our website, chroniclesabroad.com for tips, resources, and ways we can collaborate. So don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Until then, beautiful people, thanks for listening. Music by Stephanie James and Almighty K-Rock, produced by Adam Marcus.